Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Authorised Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFAX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Canny View. It's my pleasure, as always, to have in the hot seat Nick Stewart from the Stewart Group right here in the Hastings. How are you going, Nick? Very well. Very well. Nice to be here with you again. Good to have you here. Now, uh, as we record this program, here we are down at Level 2. Yeah. And uh, it would seem that um, it's not too bad for business. Yeah, it's not too bad at all. Look, but remember, you know, we, you know, we live in the lovely, wonderful, bountiful province of Hawke's Bay and... The sun shines most of the time, and today we get some rain. Had, we've had at, at home, I checked the rain gauge this morning, a lovely 5.7 mils overnight, just perfect for the, for the spring lambs. But, um, but you know, our cousins uh, north of the Bombay Hills, slightly different story. Yeah. Tough going. That is, that's a good point, though, but, uh, you know, the engine of the country is closed down, but the stock market's... Not going gangbusters, but nothing wrong there, is there? <clears throat> no, well, there's not. Well, it's reporting season at the moment, so we're seeing some pr- some halcyon results coming through um, from what's happened over the last 12 months. Um, you know, most companies either report to 31st March or 30th of June, for the most part, June. And, um, and those results are coming through now, and they are extremely strong. Like, you know, um, and in fact, and I'll quote Tim Turvey here, the owner of uh, Clearview. Mm-hmm. Tim's always got some good quotes, and that is that, you know, in a good vintage, even a blind squirrel can get a meal. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, even a blind squirrel can find a nut, I think is the correct, correct, correct quote. So look, for a, for a company last year to have poor results, uh, certainly of a listed company would be very unusual. But uh, everyday Joe Blow like me, you think, why is the stock market so good? You would think that it'd be crashing, wouldn't you? No, well, combination of things. Um, so the first is that um, you know a lot of the listed companies uh, are not of the small nature, mm. and you know a lot of a lot of businesses that are focused on tourism and hospitality, they typically are not listed. They're not on the stock exchange. Yep. Uh, they're typically a mum dad type businesses, and they are doing it tough. It is really hard. Whereas if you look at the listed companies, you know, you've got, you know, the telecommunications, the utility companies, power, mm. et cetera. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, all of them have had wonderful results other than in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them have been pretty good. Oh, actually, there was a bit of spilt milk with A2. Mm. Um, yes, but we've spoken correct. about that yeah. before. But, uh, you know, for the most part, the, you know, the numbers are just are really, really strong. But as I was talking between, you know, that kind of large end of town – Big, big corporates, listed vehicles that can tap capital markets versus the small mum and dad uh, business owner that's probably or most likely leveraged against their family home to support their business. That's incredibly, uh, that's, that's very, very different. Mm. And, and many are doing it, doing it tough. And you, know, you, you are hearing and seeing those stories in Auckland. 
it's just just really really hard seemingly no light at the end of the tunnel either uh yeah would it yeah it, it certainly feels that way and if we look over the ditch um you know our our anzac cousins they uh they're doing it tough and the numbers are are, are just are swelling uh, week by week see boris so uh, i was just having a chat with, with mm. Stuart Ness this morning wondering you know, where are we going uh, what is our plan moving forward uh but boris he's decided to go for no. Let's open up. Let's get back to business <laughs> as usual. Well, well, did you expect anything less <laughs> no, from Boris? I did not. But <laughs> but it does seem to be the trend, doesn't it, that people are saying, hey, look, we've got to start living again. We've got to start trading again. We've got to start getting some money in the bank. We've got to start making a bit of profit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's there's that kind of thing. It's, um, you know, like going in for chemotherapy. You know, you basically almost end up killing the patient. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if we go through to a really, really strict regime where we sh- absolutely shut everything down, there's there's nothing left. Mm. It's a scorched earth type policy and not many businesses can, um, businesses and human beings can't survive. I mean, you, you get the occasional introverted type who just thinks this lockdown is just bloody fabulous. Best thing that, <laughs> best thing that ever happened to them. That's they right. don't have to engage with people yes. and they can sit at home and do what they want to do. And, um, you know, they've got their own little felfdom within yeah. their, their section or property not many people are like that but you know but you know you read some of the um in the blogosphere there are people who <laughs> those people exist they're yeah. real happy that they, they, they quite enjoy it absolutely now today we're going to talk about we digressed a little bit we're going to talk yeah. about something which uh, people might not associate with uh, you or your program no. um, you're going to be talking about dealing with cognitive decline what why do you want to talk about that nick um well if we look at the fact that um we are Pretty much every generation we're aging, well, our lifespan increases by about seven years. So, so if you think about it, so for 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 my family, you know, I've got a, um, I've got children, and I've got a great grandmother who's still alive. So there are four generations mm. of us on the planet right now. That's pretty amazing. Whereas amazing. if we look back to say, if we look back to say when, um, you know the days of say William the Conqueror, so we're doing 1066. Mm-hmm. The average age of a human being was about 37. Yeah, um, and you know you wouldn't have met your you know, most likely wouldn't have met your grandparents. Mm. Whereas now you know there's high probability you meet your great grandparents. Yes. Now with with that we're finding that as people get older, the you look know, medical advancement is absolutely phenomenal what we've done, but it would appear that. As we're getting older, you know, the drugs are not keeping up with um, our um, the amount we're aging. Mm. So if you think about it, there are many more of us in society as we age that have our cognitive our cognitive ability um, is declining, and yet we're getting older. So what we're finding is that people are actually having to live with it and deal with it, whereas, you know, let's say, you know, back in 1066, you probably didn't meet a person that, had um say mm. alzheimer's no. uh, or dementia because we never got to that age but at the moment i mean i had a i had a, a grandparent that had uh, dementia and um you know they lived with that for quite a period of time it was about from diagnosis to death was about 15 years mm. and that's an incredibly long period of time so, but what we've got is we've got some people that are actually in positions of governance and responsibility where this can take effect they may be like a a trustee, mm-hmm. and um, so and and the other aspect is because people are living longer, and you and I have spoken about this so many times before. You know, if you're fit and able, and you are at sixty-five, 
you've got 50 percent of your life is still to be lived. Mm. So if you think about the fact you're having to plan and power up your financial house or you know get your balance sheet to stretch out for long enough for that extra 30 to 35 years, well, if you throw a bit of cognitive decline in there, yes. by, by goodness, that's difficult. So you've got uh, interest rates that are at historical lows that our country's not seen before, plus you've got people who are living longer. So the whole tenant of the discussion was that because of these pressures, both fiscal and health-wise, it is really, really good to have a financial advisor on your team, someone in your corner helping you out. Absolutely right. And I think, though, the big part of the problem is that none of us think it's going to happen to us. And that's, yeah, that's... why we don't do it. Oh, yeah, well, certainly not you and I, Ken. We're yes. bulletproof, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and look, and, 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 yeah, but you're right. That, but most of us uh, either leave it till it's far I, too I late. And uh, I was having a bit of a squiz around the, uh, the old internet before mm. we came, and uh, I came across quite a good article which mm. had uh, 10 key tips uh, for financial planning for the future. And uh, I'll just run a couple of them past you and mm. just you to sort of give us a bit of feedback. Um, um, that number one on their list was discuss your finances and your future care wishes uh, as soon as, one, you get a, a diagnosis of you know, dementia or Alzheimer's. But even before then, you should be saying to your family or a trusted advisor, um, hey, look, just in case anything happens to me, Totally. This is what I want to happen. But yep. how, how do they go about it? That sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? How do they go about it, though? Well, well, the first thing is, you know, you um, engage a engage a professional, engage a financial advisor to assist you. Uh, if you've already got one of those, then you should be having a discussion that is a layer deeper than mm-hmm. you're probably used to or possibly comfortable with. Um, but as I find with most um, professionals, if you want to have that layer deeper discussion, yep. um, most it's it's uh, most are very very willing um, because you know let's face it, anyone that's engaged with helping people in the service sector, mm-hmm. they are typically they enjoy helping other other human beings yes. succeed and be successful. So um, you know. I think it's really, really important that those discussions take place. So, for example, um, and I'll use the case in point with, say, a a financial advisor, if the relationship is just about an investment portfolio or just about KiwiSaver, that is extremely shallow. Yes. Um, And, you know, that means the relationship will live and breathe on the performance of that particular asset or asset class, the investment, Whereas there's so much more to it than that because when you think about it, you know, why do people have an investment? Well, typically because they want to prepare themselves for the future, mm-hmm. for themselves and their children um, and or their spouse. Or the other thing, you know, they you know, they just need an income. But the fact is why do they need that? It's because they've got goals and objectives. They have a life. They've got they've got aspirations, things they want to achieve and do. So therefore having Having a relationship that's more than surface deep is super important, and it should go into the what-ifs. And the other aspect is that, as we have found, we often start to see that cognitive decline. We can pick it up. I've sure. seen it a number of times, yeah. and and, um, and it means that we're able to assist and get things in place. And, and, the, and the other aspect is that, you know, many people, many people have... For example, let, let, let me just rephrase. So not many people come in and just have the asset in their own name. It's typically in joint names with mm-hmm. their spouse. 
So then you've got two people in the relationship. And then if it's in a company or a trust, then you've got directors or trustees. So there are more people in the relationship again. So therefore we can spread the load and we can create a cushion effect around the individual that is starting to struggle. And, um, yeah, we th- and, and we've seen that done very successfully uh, over a long period of time. But, uh, but I do find it interesting that financial advisors and you know, lawyers and accountants, that they often do start to note, note and see the decline of an individual mm. mentally. Are you finding in this day and age, I know from my mm. own experience, my mother is uh, suffering from quite severe dementia. Yes. And we did recognize that her in, so, some years ago. So uh, I took over her uh, affairs as, sort of, as her power of attorney. And I mean, you know, if you went to visit her now and you left the room, she wouldn't know that you've been in the room. Yes. Are you finding that, uh, and, but I think with people like my mum, they were of an age where they never even thought about it, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. And you know, even looking at me, think, wow, yeah, mum's going to be fine. Yes. But then, like you say, you start noticing little things. Are you finding in this day and age that as we are so much more aware of what's going on around us because of the internet, that sort of thing, that people are more aware of and coming to see you earlier or not? Or does it yeah. say, oh, my God, look what's happening there. Help me. Yeah, we are. Well, be- because people are realizing that they have to make their capital work and live for a lot longer. Mm. So, yes, we are finding that people are reaching out at an earlier point in time. One that I've noticed lately is the fact that people people are witnessing, they're seeing in front of their eyes inflation moving, and it concerns them that they have a fixed level of income. Let's say you're a superannuitant yep. and you've got superannuation, you might have a, 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 um, a pot of independent capital that you've had invested in term deposits. Well, they've seen their income decline, they've seen their costs escalate, and they start to naturally get a little bit nervous. Yeah. And it's, it's put them into an area where you know, they're, they're at the deep end of the pond and there's no flutterboard or floaties on, the, on, their, on their arms. And, and they are nervous because, you know, let's face it, if you are into a period of your life where your, your ability to earn has declined because, yep. you know, like let's say um, due to your age or just your, the fact of where you've got to in your career – if your income, if your ability to generate extra extra income and capital has diminished, and you're seeing your income level decline and your costs increase, that does that gets people off the couch. Yeah, and people do want to engage and seek independent advice, and I think that's a really good thing. It's just the earlier the better. Sure. Okay, now, you know, look at me, I'm getting on for 70, you're just a young fellow compared to me, but uh, what are some of the things that you've put into into process mm. that are going to secure not only your future, but the future of uh, the people that might be looking after you when they put you in a home because you've got dementia? Uh, yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I, I kind of tongue-in-cheek before, I said you and I are kind of the fountain of youth and it's not going to happen to us. <laughs> and yet, right. you know, here I am, I have a, a grandparent that, um, um, you know, um, died with dementia you know you've got your mother mm-hmm. has dementia so the fact is that it's around us yeah so it is evident so for me you know i make sure that all of my um that there is an enduring power of attorney in place for um both you know so not just property in terms of like investments and capital mm. but there's a separate attorney in place for my health and welfare now you're a man who's involved in finance. Sorry to cut in yeah, on you there, right. but I mean that's your uh, you know that's your trade, that's your bread and butter, and you're thinking about that sort of stuff all the yes. time. So someone listening to this program who isn't uh, into what you're into, when should they start thinking about it? 
Well, they should think about it now because it's not just about cognitive decline. It's what, what mm. I mean. What happens if you're in a um, motor vehicle accident and that no one has the ability? With, there is no enduring power of attorney, and then the people to make decisions and get things to happen, they've got to go through the courts. Mm. I mean, that's just yeah. it's just terrible. Um, so I should always, you know, I there's a base level of things that people should have, and they should have a will, yep, a memorandum of wishes which is guidance to the remainderman on what you, what the person would like to have happen. And the other thing, there should be an enduring power of attorney in place. Yeah. It's just a base level of things that people should do. And as you have more complexity, more complexity in your life, like marriage, mm-hmm. children, um, people that are reliant on you, your obligations uh, increase, then that base level of what is required increases yeah. naturally. But... Just generally for the average individual, a will, a memorandum of wishes, and an enduring power of attorney. They should have those things in place, and they are not expensive to have done, and everyone should have it. Should we also have life insurance and income insurance? Would that be pretty high on your list? Yeah, 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 it would be. It just depends on the age and, the again, the level of complexity of what people have in their life. So, look, in this day and age... For someone to be middle aged and have no debt is rather uncommon at the yes, present indeed. time, just with the escalation of house prices uh, and the cost of living in God's own. You know, New Zealand is not a cheap place to no, live. We know that. Um, and, and we were the land of milk and honey. I mean, if you look back at post World War II, we were second only behind Argentina in terms of um, our standard of living and how we were and how things worked. Well, the RGs, things haven't gone quite so well for them, as no. you would know. The, you know I mean, their rugby team still plays okay, yeah. <laughs> even against the All Blacks. But, um, but their standard of living has materially declined, and they've got um, some major fiscal problems in terms of with government and a level of indebtedness. Whereas, you know, New Zealand, we've found that our, um, our, the growth of the nation and the growth of our standard of living um, hasn't kept up with some of our trading partners. So, you know, um, other countries such as our ANZAC cousins that we are always benchmarked against. Australia's just growing mm. at a faster rate since the 1940s, mid-1940s. They've grown faster than us, and um, and they just have a better standard of living than we do. Do you watch much TV? The reason I ask you that, I was watching a program on the old telly yeah. last week, and it was about pawning pawning your uh, valuables. Yeah. You know, did, yeah. Did you see it? No, no. Um, someone was telling me about it. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, or no, um, in the last year, I might have watched yeah. it twice. But someone referenced one um, s- some stuff last week, which was interesting about someone had an amazing watch. Yeah, that's right. They had yeah. an amazing watch. Uh, well, they thought they had an amazing watch. <laughs> <laughs> and then some guy was trying to pawn a, a helicopter because you know he wanted to go a different way in business. And wow. they, they, they were looking at pawning for two ways. Yes. One was to invest, uh, get some capital and invest in a, in a business that they might have or they want, might mm. buy a new house and you know, possibly they were going to come back and get that helicopter. But in the main, they were um, pawning the stuff to get some money to live on. Yes. And I was staggered yes. with a statistic that they said in that program that 40% of people in the UK only have £1,000 in their name. To fall back on, wow! A yeah, well, that's, that's um, a huge population. That's problem. pretty limited. Um, yeah, it's interesting when you look at the flip side in, say, a country like New Zealand, where um, you know a huge portion of the population have KiwiSaver. Mm. So, if someone does suffer in the ter- legal term, is you know 
um, they suffer severe hardship, financial hardship, they're able to get some funds from their KiwiSaver yes. as a fallback position, um, which is a nice kind of safety buffer for uh, men in New Zealand as if, if hey, the proverbial um, yeah, yeah, arrives, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, we've seen that for a long period of time. There's a huge portion of the population who have who literally live wage check to wage check, mm. and some of them, the wage check's like weekly or fortnightly, yeah, uh, not monthly. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of them, it's just not there. So if they're, um, if the gearbox or the clutch drops out of their car, um, they're going to have a major problem. Yeah. They, they can't fund it. So then you, now you were talking about you know the, um, you know the money lenders in the form of the um, pawnbroker. Well, you know, you're talking. That's the bottom of the tree. Yes. Um, because you know, like if you are una- like if you don't have the fiscal reserves yourself, and then you're unable to go to a bank, and then you're unable to go to a, a second tier lender, and then you're having to effectively, you know, hock off your yeah. um, the family silver, so to speak. You know, you are consuming capital. Yeah. Uh, you're not consuming income. You're actually, you know, you're eating, you know, you're eating your livelihood. Yeah. Uh, and there, and there's a high risk in that. And the other thing, if you look at the uh, average, the, the the cost. So if you and I go and borrow from the bank, because of the legislation around it, we're told what the admin fee, the processing fee, the cost, etc. It's all clear and to the point. Mm. Whereas when you look at say, um, kind of the payday lenders or the uh, pawnbroker, if you looked at the annualised effective interest rate of entering that transaction. It is massive. Yeah, I bet it like is. It, it's absolutely huge. But then again, the those second tier lenders would argue and say, "Well, it's risk and return." You know, if we made so much money all the time and it was, uh, and it was, uh, uh, you know, the um, land of milk and honey for them, and it was a gilt edge type of investment, everyone would be a pawnbroker, wouldn't they? But in fact, they're not because you know a lot of people the. Um, it's it's an incredibly difficult business to be sure. in. I think the last time we spoke, uh, we both well, I was amazed. You probably weren't as amazed as what I was that a million people in New Zealand aren't even in the KiwiSaver scheme. I think you might suggest that at least you'd need to be in that scheme, at least, wouldn't you? Absolutely, absolutely, you would. Yeah, because you know most people at some point in their life are going to have a job. So even those that are currently unemployed and that are not in KiwiSaver, the fact over their entire lifetime, sometime they're going to be employed. So for them to miss out on the 3% kicker from the employer mm. and then the little bonus that comes around on the 30th of June each year from the government yeah. is just so sad. Who wouldn't want it's it? It's really sad. And ultimately these people, by not being part of it, at the end of the day, because of the nature of our society and we look after people, Ultimately, the taxpayer is going to pay. Yeah, just about out of time, Nick. Now, uh, the things that we've covered uh, mm. off today. If someone wants some advice, you can help them with all of those, can't you? Yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah. Look, we um, we look after you know. It's a broad church at Stuart Group. We like helping people out. You know, we deal with people that are um, you know pre-marriage through to people that are in retirement, all sorts of things. But you know, generally, we like to you know financial planning's at our core. And that's where we like to help people get their financial house in order and keep it that way for the long term. And where do we find you, Nick? We're at 204 in Kadamoo Road in Hastings, which is the Black Basalt Stone building with the Tartan logo, or we're on the terrace in Wellington. Nick, as always, my pleasure. You look after yourself. We'll talk to the same time, same place next time. I look forward to it.
This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air.